Want to support the show and get free stuff while you do so? Go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> when I was a graduate assistant at UT, they brought in this meteorite for us to take a look at. Basically, it's just this big rock. It's not like this thing outside. No, thanks, I'm fine. Nathan, I don't think there's anything to worry about health risk-wise. I think it'd be a good idea just to keep away from the thing until we get the experts to give it all clear, okay? You think it came from outer space? Could be. Those enemies are dark. Gosh, it's nearly 2.30. I guess we better get some sleep ourselves. Thanks for the pie, Francis. Good night. And now, the Dolls of Horror. guys welcome back to the newly reimagined rebranded semi-reformatted dolls of horror podcast as we briefly talked about last week going forward the show will still be breaking down a movie weekly but instead of having two regular hosts and sometimes a guest i have decided to keep it fresh to continue alone with a new guest co-host every week a guest doll if you will. And so for the first episode of 2024 and the second episode with this new method of a guest host, I figured it was only appropriate to have the OG doll herself back as co-host with me, Tori. Welcome back. I'm so happy. (laughs) How could I have anyone else but you? For this new podcast way. Right. Yeah. Now, we did have a guest, John, on last week for The Midnighters to wrap up 2023. But I didn't really like that movie that much. So I wanted to give you a movie of your choice first. (laughs) I still don't know how you feel about the movie I chose. I know how I feel about it. Um, So I'm excited to hear. But you may not like it. I don't know. We'll find out. Well, luckily, my co-host for Midnighters for New Year's, he quite enjoyed the movie a lot more than I did. So that was nice because I didn't, it was an indie film. I didn't want to completely rip it apart. So I'm glad that, that I had someone there who really enjoyed it. Okay. So Tori, you picked the movie that we are talking about today and you chose The Curse from 1987. Yes. Tori, when's the first time you've seen The Curse? I don't remember my exact age, but it's one of those ones that I saw when I was a child. It must have been on TV. And literally, the only I only remembered two scenes from the movie. I remembered a scene from the dinner table where they're all kind of i don't want to give too much away their face is kind of messed up and they've already started kind of you know what this movie is like 
35 years old. If you haven't seen it by now, that's not our fault. <laughs> right, true. And it's 80s horror. I mean, who has 80s horror by now? Um, so I remembered a scene from the dinner table, and then I remembered the apple scene, one of the apple scenes when he's cutting into the apples. And so when I grew up, or when I, you know, I was in my 20s, I was like, what was that movie? What was it? I remember the apples. Like, what was that movie? I literally did a Google search with just that information. And this movie popped up. And I was like, that's it. Oh my God, that's it. So I rewatched it in my 20s and I was like, this is terrible. This is horrible. <laughs> but like, I romanticized this apparently. It was like a fever dream of a, of a, you know, this was a great movie. But I saw it when I was a kid. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're not allowed to watch it. You know, you're not supposed to be watching it because I wasn't allowed. It must have been on TV or something. And I was just enthralled. And right. I just remember seeing this movie. It's like, I have to track this down. And then, like I said, I rewatched it in my 20s. And I was like, what? So, yeah. <laughs> but well, Corey loves her 80s. I love the 80s. The 80s are amazing. 1984 was the best year, but I do love 80s horror. So, so I had never heard of this movie. That is a lie. I had heard of, apparently they made three of these fuckers. <laughs> I remember seeing parts two and three in the video store. I remember the cases. Oh, wow. I don't remember seeing the first one's case in the video store. So I'm not sure if they had it or I just looked over it because the cover art wasn't cool enough or whatever. However, we picked movies back then, right? So maybe I had heard of it because I definitely heard of part two and part three, by the way, haven't seen them, just knew of them. So, and <laughs> when I was trying to figure out what movie you should be doing this episode I was like what was that movie that you wanted to do you're like I don't know <laughs> what you said was you said you said let's have you back on for the new episode and what was the movie you mentioned months ago and I said I don't know it was months ago I, I don't a lot happened I don't know and you're like you said it was terrible and the 80s and the 80s so Which is I, not a very good descriptor, honestly. I know. But then I sat there for a couple of minutes and I was like, I said it was terrible. I said it was terrible. What, what? And then it hit me. I was like, oh my God, the curse. Oh my God. I know exactly. And Jared was sitting next to me. I was like, I know what it is. It was the curse. It was terrible. And I told her, we need to do this movie because it's terrible. But it's, but it's a good terrible. It's like, you know what I mean? It's not terrible, terrible. It's a good terrible. Yes. So first time watch two weeks ago. I didn't hate it. Oh, okay. I did not hate it. I I had fun. It was not great, but it was fine. It was what it was. It was low budget. It was the 80s. It was Italian. <laughs> it wasn't even American. So, oh, wow. yes. And that's a whole other story. There's a lot of shit in this movie that after I did my research and read about, I like this movie a lot less. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into it, but um, this was not a good filming experience for our actors involved, especially our children to the point where will uh, Wheaton will not sign anything from this movie. That makes me sad ever because of the abuse that he suffered, him and his sister suffered on the set. 
he didn't he did not even want to do it he his parents made him do it he's talked about this over and over again about how horrible awful abusive and narcissistic both of his parents were uh especially when it comes to work in the entertainment industry and this was one of the movies that they forced him to do him that and seems, his sister yeah that seems to have been a big problem in the 80s is oh, definitely any rights which is terrible it's terrible and even less rights honestly once he was in once they i gotta say they because it was both him and his sister and they both had the same experience once they were in control of the movie they weren't even in america so they were not protected by labor laws of america yeah it was awful horrible for them um i want to talk about this movie because you know it is part of 80s history but oh my goodness i feel bad for even supporting this movie but let's talk about all the controversy later because you know it deserves to be spoken about i had no idea until i read about all this so you guys should know too so for those of you who have not seen the curse 1987 here is the synopsis spoilers up the wazoo on this one Yes, many spoilers ahead. When a meteorite lands near his family farm, the son of a struggling farmer believes it's connected to a strange plague-like events afflicting the crops, the farm, the animals, and themselves. It is directed by David Heath, who is an actor for acting. He did The Rose Firestarter, Major League, Indian in the Cupboard, Gold Diggers with Anna Klumsky and Christina Ricci. He did the 2002 Carrie and Heartbreak Hotel, which co-stars my friend Charlie, actually. he And he played Elvis in a Heartbreak Hotel. It is written by David Chaskin, who wrote A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Yes. And, but David also wrote one of my all-time favorites, I, Madman. Have you seen I, Madman yet? Maybe once. It, it does ring a bell. It's about a woman. I know I recommended it. I don't know if you followed through and saw it. It's about a woman who works in a used bookstore, and she comes across a used book, and she reads it, and the events start happening in present day, in real life, in 1989. Okay, I have not seen that, but I need to. It's amazing. It's very filmed. It's also filmed very film noir. It's beautiful. We covered it on the show about two years ago, and I gave it a 10. I never okay. give 10s. Right. I said, this is honestly, I didn't even know it was a 10 until I talked about it. It's a 10 for me. I love this movie. I've loved it ever since I saw it. you got to watch it. It's so phenomenal. And apparently this movie... The Curse is based on The Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft. I didn't know that either. As I said, they made two sequels, one in 89 and one in 91. Kind of got to see the sequels now, even though I read they have absolutely nothing to do with this movie. What? That could be a good thing. <laughs> it could be a bad thing. It could be a good thing. I, I got to see them now, though. I got to right? go see Jumping in with favorite kill. Man, that one made me puke. It's supposed to make you puke. Oh my gosh. It was hard for me to for to pick anything with this movie, honestly. I, I struggle. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why. It's just when you try to break it, when I tried to break it down, 
it was hard for me to do almost anything. You know, I did have a little bit of a struggle on fashion, hair, and prop. I can't wait because I was struggling. I watched the movie three times to do my homework because I like to sit Like, the first time I watch it, I just sit down and watch it as a recap. The second time I watch it, I try to start thinking, like, okay, you know, what am I going to then the then if I don't get everything I need by the second time, then I watch it a third time, which is what I did. And so then I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I, I'm it's decided. I know what I'm doing. And Jared's like, what? Because I was stuck on one thing, and he's like, what are you doing? And I told him he's like, oh my god. I was like, you know how horror Tori does it. You know how I do. So first of all, <laughs> we'll get to that though. <laughs> so I think my favorite kill, I believe it was the cow. Okay. Because it's very Goosebumps-esque. And I love Goosebumps. Mm -hmm. Whenever he's, like, trying to milk the cows, I guess, and he notices that the cows are starting to rot. And then, and I don't know if, I'm assuming these were practical effects, obviously, being, we love practical effects. We'll get to Mm -hmm. that later. But the cow starts to basically rot right in front of his eyes and open up, and there's worms and just nastiness and pus. And I'm like, that's very a very cool effect in my mind. And it's very Goosebumps-esque. Mm-hmm. Lots of worm, like that worm, whichever Goosebumps episode was the worms. But um, yeah, so the cows. I had a hard time with Kill because there aren't really a lot of kills. It's more of a mutation movie. Yes. Right? right. So my first option on my first viewing, I watched this three times like you did. Well, two and a half. I watched it once for the first time. And I gathered some notes such as epic lines, possibilities, more like they were more panic notes, honestly, (laughs) of epic lines. So that was my first watch. The second watch was to, I picked my favorite kills and I made more effects notes. I made cinematography notes. And then I realized last night, oh, fuck, I do not have a fashion prop or hair. I was stuck on hair and fashion, but I was like, okay. I got it. I know. I know. So my first kill on the first watch, I chose Francis's mutation because you get to see it from beginning until essentially the end, her end, in all of its oozy, oozing grossness. And you get to see her various stages of decomposition, which was awesome. But upon my second and a half watch, where I was just kind of scanning to find things, I saw the final scene again with zombie dad. And I loved it. I loved <laughs> it so much. He's like walking and he's impaled kind of. And then the son finishes the job by knocking over the wall on top of him. He is also very oozy. He has this blood substance coming from his orifices. It is a gross and amazing so i gotta go winner is zombie dad but mom is a super close second she's so present through the entire movie in this mutation and yeah i have to say if you like those types of movies where it's more of like mutation Mm. and like you know just craziness and and the oozing and the the nasty like and that's why we were talking about i was eating a minute ago i was like yeah probably shouldn't eat and talk about this movie because it's very, it, it's just one of those, I love that. It's an oozy movie. I love it. 
it reminded me, and this is going to come up a lot of times, and this is the poor man's version of the stuff. Okay, we're going to get, yes, we're going to get to that. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I have so much to say about this movie at the end whenever we're done talking about all the other stuff. But yes, it is. It's, 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 it is. That's all I'm going to say for now is that, yes, you're, you're correct. It's very the stuff-esque, except the stuff did it better. <laughs> way better there's a reason why the stuff has merchandise at every convention yes. and this doesn't <laughs> yes. yes yeah yes so the i love the stuff also for the whole mutation aspect of it all and also this the consumerism of it all that i and had that in common getting the kid is on to it yes the kids are always on to it yep i was gonna say that kids are always on to it before the adults are fashion moment so many looks. Yeah, looks. My panic pick. I don't even know exactly what I'm talking about because I just wrote dude's pajamas. Oh, I know. It was the guy in the hotel room. Yes. Right? Yes. So that's that's the dude. But I really should have been more specific on which dude I was talking about. That was my panic pick. But I changed my mind. Okay. My winner goes to Sister Alice her opening scene she's wearing a red dress it has a white collar and a belt and i think i had one just like it that's amazing that's greatness <laughs> before i say my fashion moment i have to comment because i feel terrible now i feel horrible when you said the guy in the pajamas in the hotel and he's with his lady friend mm -hmm. and i'm like what what was he wearing you know why i didn't pay attention to him because he had a lady friend that was half naked I know how you feel about that. When there's a half naked lady friend. Yes. So that's why I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know. I don't when he wasn't even there. So, <laughs> so I had to go with I was torn between two fashion moments. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and decide right now that my fashion moment was the lady friend. But there's a reason why. The black stilettos, they're just a staple in every wardrobe. You have to have a pair of stilettos. And black goes with everything, right? True. So she was wearing black stilettos. Love it. Then she was wearing baby blue silky lingerie. That's right. And it was very much 80s lingerie. Yes. yes and it was so terrible. Yes. The top was nicely done. What were they thinking with the underwear? <laughs> because it wasn't a thong. It wasn't necessarily the cheeky style where your cheeks are a little, it looked, it was made out of silk and it was very, um, it was very eighties bikini style, I guess you could call it. High cut. High cut. And because it was made out of silk and it wasn't tightly, um, formed to her body, it looked like she made poopy in her pants. Like <laughs> the silk, if you look. The silk is just kind of hanging there on the back of her butt. Yeah. I'm like, that does not fit her well. That is doing nothing for her. It looks like she pooped. It looks like she has a dirty diaper and there's poop moving around in there. I don't know. Well, and I really just think this was 80s, just being the 80s with mm -hmm. the fashion. They didn't know about, you know, spandex, really, you know what I mean? Like, they knew about spandex, obviously, but the way the underwear was done, it was just very 80s. It was not form-fitting. It was not flattering to her backside. It was not. There was no spandex in lingerie. It was in workout clothes. Thank you. Thank you. Got it. So the top was nicely done. The underwear, if you watch the movie, you'll see when they show her backside. It's just like 
a piece of silk hanging there. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, mm. and her makeup, I'm like, that's very 80s makeup too. Like her, the big blue eyeshadow and like bright pink lips, I think it was. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, no. <laughs> eyeshadow at least matched her, her lingerie. <laughs> True. But I'm like, girl, no, what are you doing? So then my second, my runner up was Cyrus. Mm. What does Cyrus wear? They, okay, they say, they, they allude to the fact that this movie takes place over the course of five months. Because it takes five months to be infected fully. Mm-hmm. What does Cyrus wear almost every single day? Cyrus wears that orange crop top jersey <laughs> and a pair of pants. And I'm like, men just loved their crop top jerseys in the 80s, didn't they? They did. They did. It was like Glenn from Nightmare on Elm Street. Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp. Um, they Friday had the- them. Yeah, the Friday the 13th movies. Mm-hmm. And so it was just this orange crop top football jersey with a pair of jeans and dude wore it like every day for five months he wore it like throughout the entire movie this supposedly took course through five months yeah so i'm like i can relate though i i totally wear the same thing constantly well i do too but i you know i just i wash it oh yes like i don't know if this i was washing like did he take it off to even watch it? No, he could have been like me and have five of the same thing, which I guilty. I guilty. I have like ten black t-shirts from one of my old jobs, and then I have like three it's different the- when it's a uniform. Yeah, but I, well, we're not required to wear uniforms at the job I work now. But I'm like, I'll just wear my old work uniform, pair mm-hmm. of jeans, and a black t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wear every day at work. And I'm like, I'm serious. I'm like, you guys, I've washed it. This is different. Like I have like 10 of these and three of these. And like, trust me, it's, it's, it's clean. But I wouldn't doubt it being the eighties. Mm-hmm. If he had five of those orange crop top tank tops, you do you. If that's what you if that's what your wardrobe consists of, because you think it's banging, you go. <laughs> Tori, you, have- you don't, you don't understand the problem I have. I have about 10 and I'm not exaggerating. I have about 10 of those black three quarter length shirts. Oh, exactly. Exactly the same. No, not even a different style. Exactly the same shirt. I just bought 10. It's, it's, it's an issue. Uh, as far as also the dolls of horror shirts, again, 10. So all throughout the convention, it looks like I'm wearing the same damn shirt. I'm changing my clothes, guys. I promise I'm clean. I'm not gross. And you, if you smell me, you'll know that yes. I'm not gross. It's exactly the, it's my con uniform. We all have one. But now that I'm working the con, I'm wearing the logo. So it is, it, it's my uniform. It's the Days of the Dead uniform So that I wear. But I have 10 of them. I remember a couple of years ago, you would send me like, which shirt should I buy? And I'm like, all those shirts look the same, but in a different color. Like, do you remember that? You said to me, like, which shirt should I buy? And you're like, I'm just going to buy all of them. And if I don't like them, I'll return the ones I don't like. And now that's like, that's your con uniform. That's what you wear. So, yeah, so you do have multiple. I have seen it. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in Cabin Fever. Also, speaking of an Uzi movie, my fashion moment, if you remember, was Serena Vincent in her boot cut jeans, boots, and three-quarter length V-neck black shirt. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized mm-hmm. that is my con uniform. I did well, not realize that. And since you brought it up, I did make a note. This movie is very cabin fever-ish. It is. It is very cabin fever-ish. So if Wonderful. you like cabin fever, give this one a try, guys. I have a, an honorable mention for okay. the 
uh, fashion as well. And that's not the pajamas because that was a panic pick. It just got kicked out of the running. I loved uh, Alice again. It was all about Alice for me when they're huddled around the crater, right? Yes. Meteorite. She's wearing the cutest little overalls with this very colorful blouse with puffy sleeves. <laughs> I had that. I had that in my wardrobe when I was five as well. Oh, my gosh. Not kidding. There are pictures. I don't have them, but there is evidence. I remember seeing the photos. It was the 80s. What, yes. What you... okay. And what, how old was I? I would have been like five-ish then, I guess. So that's about right. When I was wearing these things was then, even though I was much younger than she was, it was the same time period. So, okay. Best hair. How's my hair? Hurricane proof. Hey, it's all about the hair. Oh, I had a hard time, Miss Lady. Oh, I, I had a hard time. So did I. That's why oh. I was go out in, in a true horror-tory fashion. Oh, God. Did you pick chest hair again? <laughs> <laughs> I picked his back hair. I picked his back hair. He does not have a name. I called him Well Guy because he's digging the well. And the wife, I don't remember her name. You said her name was Frances. Uh-huh. She keeps, like... Like eyeballing him throughout the entire, <laughs> she like has no chill. She stares, <laughs> lets him know she is staring at this guy. Like she wants this guy. She finally hooks up with this guy. This has to be one of the worst sex scenes I've ever seen in a movie because it's just back hair. <laughs> back hair, and I'm telling you, it looks like a sweater. The front it too. Like the front crazy. too, though. It's like it was like a full. Fully encompassing his entire it was fully chestal section. Chest, his back. He was wearing a sweater, and I'm like, you know what? That's that's my hair moment. Because the dude's wearing a sweater. I had a feeling. <laughs> you know me too well. I just knew. I just knew it. <laughs> I did. Okay, so I I struggled hard with hair. First, I picked Mama. In that scene where she's hooking up with dude because it was so like sleek and shiny and pretty, right? Mm -hmm. So boring. By the way, she really looked like Olivia Hussey from Ice Cream Man from It. True. Okay, yes. Like a lot to me. I see it. A lot. To the point where I was watching this for the first time on my little itty bitty phone screen. I had to go like, is that? No, it's not. But I thought it was for a second. Uh -huh. My winner does go to, and I don't remember the woman's name. Uh, it, it might be the woman in the hotel room as well. I can't remember. I clearly paid attention to story on this. <laughs> Not. <laughs> After the crater hits, right, and they are in the kitchen, and she's pouring her coffee. She's wearing like a pink sweater. She's really pretty. She's blonde. It's Farrah Fawcett hair, and I was living for it. Loved yeah. it. But in that specific moment and all the other scenes she was in, whatever, I loved that moment the best. So yes. that's my hair. Also, the little girl was really cute. She was. She had her standard little ponytail, her hair stick straight. She had her standard little ponytail and these the bangs. Every every little girl had it in yep. that time. Mm -hmm. Prop we would like to own. I brought something out from my tree. I would love to have a display of like a cut in half apple with worms. Oh, that's good. Just sitting on a shelf. 
That'd be awesome. I would love that. Shellac that shit. <laughs> I would love to have the oozy corpse in the finale in the basement. What? Corpse? <laughs> I want it. It was so oozy and gross. Wouldn't that be a great practical effect piece to have displayed in your home? Yes. Though it, it wasn't even a full on corpse that then it was just a head, kind of. Yeah. It was just a mass and then a head. I would love to proudly display that. It would be amazing. What the fuck is that? That's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the curse. No. Yeah. But my more boring prop in the diner where Davidson and Willis are talking for the first time, there are these posters and ads on the wall in the back. They're so they're vintage now. They were of the time then. I would love one of those framed on my wall. It's just a piece of Americana and it's a piece of the time. It's great. Yes, we love our posters and our prints. Yes. Oh my goodness. You know paper props. Love it. Epic line. Boy, the next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant fucking Mark Twain shit. Because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. Mine, I have to say, I, this, is, this is another thing I struggled with. Me too. I came up with four and I don't like any of them. Like a lot. Well, I was going to... My first thought was I'm going to choose one of the Bible verses that he keeps spewing throughout the entire movie. And then I was like, no, because I don't agree with any of that. That's not, I don't support that. Um, By the way, this movie also reminded me because of that, of American Gothic. Okay, I have not seen that. Ooh, now that's a piece of Americana you got to see. Okay. It's good. You got to watch it. It's, it's a classic and it just needs to be seen. So put it on your list. Mm -hmm. I will. So, and then it hit me that this is very cabin fever esque. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go with the beginning of the movie, where he's screaming at everybody. It's in the water. No, it's in the water. As he's driving in the back of a police car, he's yelling at everybody he sees. It told me it was in the water. It's in the water. And I was like, yeah, that's, and nobody wants to listen because you're the crazy guy. But you know what? We need to listen to the crazies. Crazies and children <laughs> see things that we don't. Sometimes it's an overactive imagination or drugs, but <laughs> it might not be all wrong. At least consider it. Mm -hmm. Take consideration. I guess my winner is going to have to go to the scene in the doctor's office. It. Mm -hmm. Charlie, I've got a patient here. Alan, we've got to talk. Morning, Arthur. How are you? <coughs> Feeling all right? Well, that don't sound too bad to me. Listen, you don't mind if I borrow the doctor for a few minutes, do you? Yeah, good. That guy was annoying. All he did was sit there and cough. How much did he get paid to sit there and cough? I think I put him on my cast list, too, for some reason. I think there was something in there that made me pay attention. Anyhow. Yeah. So I guess that's my winner. But, you know, I had some others right before that. Daddy! 
He gave me the bird again. Cyrus, go to bed. Oh, Daddy. Now. I don't know why I picked that. Just that was obviously my first pick, my panic pick. And then I did quite enjoy Charlie is sleaze. We both know that, but he does make a point. We don't want to go around fixing things that ain't broke. Such a small town political mentality. That's where it really reminded me of the stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, crazy dad. Go. Go upstairs. Pray for salvation. After mother attacks dude with knife, and I'm like, yeah, that ain't gonna work. Like, yeah, at all. No. As I said, I found four. They were all panic picks. I'm not really overly fond of any of them, but there they are. This wasn't a very like quotable movie in my opinion. No, it really wasn't. Unless you're mm -hmm. quoting from the Bible, it really wasn't. <laughs> it is time to talk about our actors, but before we do that, we need to take an ad break. Now there's about 20 of them out there. What will we do? Don't worry, we're safe in here. They'll never get in. Why is it that in every zombie story, people always think that their safe haven is invulnerable? I know. It's like, hello, the walkers are totally going to get in. You better get ready for it. <laughs> Diane, get behind me. No, it's not stopping. Do something, Jack. And another thing. How come nobody in a zombie story has ever seen a zombie story? Do you know how much time in human life would be saved if just one person in the group was up on the genre? What do we do? Aim, aim for, for the, the head. head. What? Aim, aim for, for the, the head. head. You heard them. Aim for the head. Quick, Diane, I think we should try and fix the barricades. I think we should listen to them. Now that's the first good idea they've had all episode. I still don't think they're going to make it. Aim for the Head, a weekly podcast covering the hit AMC programs The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Join hosts Diana and Steve as they recap and discuss the latest episodes. Aim for the Head, available on iTunes. You can also follow them on Facebook. And now for acting. I know every face in here. i got a respect for the unknown actor. Okay. Will Wheaton. Zach. 145 acting credits this guy has. He's also an author. Did you know that? No, I didn't. He wrote biographies, his autobiographies. Not full autobiographies, just stories from, you know, all of his experiences. The one from 2004 is called Just a Geek. Oh. And then he wrote one in 2021-ish called Still Just a Geek with obviously more stories. And then he wrote one called Dancing Barefoot in 2003. That one I've been trying to find. It's out of print. It's impossible. There is a Kindle version, but I just wish I could find the hard copy of it. And I want to say that there's more books he's authored out there, but I don't know that for sure. Okay. Okay. But acting wise, what are your favorite Will roles? Well, of course, Stand By Me. Mm -hmm. And then I, this is probably a movie that nobody's seen. 
I made Jared watch it a couple years ago. If you have not seen Rent-A-Pal, watch Rent-A-Pal. It was so like, what the hell? Never. What are we watching? We're like, what are we watching? But I was like, oh my God. Like, because Jared, we were watching The Curse and he's like, that's, you know, that's Will Wheaton. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, from Rent-A-Pal. And I was like, what? That's Rent-A-Pal? And then I looked up, I was like, that's Rent-A-Pal. Yes, rent a pal if you have like if you just like whatever, I don't know what to watch. I have time to spare. I don't care if I waste two hours of my life, an hour <laughs> and a half. Watch rent a pal, you'll be sitting there like, what? What genre is it? I I don't remember. I don't remember. Did it not show up for have you seen Rent a Pal? No. I'm Girl. not. If I'm being perfectly honest, I'm I am not as familiar with Will Wheaton's work as I thought I was. I knew who he was and I knew his name. I've hardly seen anything he's done. Right. When 145 I looked, credits. Yeah. When I, well, I think he did voice work too. But whenever I looked up his full stuff, I'm like, wow. Like, Stand By Me, Rent-A-Pal. Like, I recognize those. Um, but yeah, I don't remember what genre it is. I want to say horror-ish, thriller maybe. Um the basic thing is he's lonely. He lives in his mom's basement. They have this new service they just came out with where it's almost like a dating service where you go pick up tapes mm-hmm. and then watch the tapes to see if you're interested. But instead of a dating service or, or picking a date, you're picking a buddy. You're renting a videotape that is a friend. Mm. And so if you're like, yeah, this, this friend is a good fit for me. It's all videotapes. But it sucks him into this alternate reality, I guess. Not like brainish, like not like full blown, but just but just in his own mind. Huh. It's it's. I'm really making it sound better than it is. It sounds very sci-fi. It's not a sci-fi. It's very. It's just weird. It's just him, a grown man living in his mom's basement using these videotapes to have a friend and it's very weird yeah i would just say watch it if you have the time if you're just like bored and want to watch it screaming somewhere oh i'll have to check it out it sounds very (laughs) interesting these are literally the only things i've seen him in besides stand by me okay again i thought i'd seen him in tons of things i have not i just know who he is he did a movie called deep core with terry farrell that is a sci-fi movie very sci-fi uh, he did an episode of Diagnosis Murder in season six called Alienated. Yeah. And then he did my one of my favorite episodes of Tales from the Crypt in season five, House of Horrors. It's about the frat house one and the sorority. Yes, I remember that when he was in that. Yes, along with about 10 to 20 other child stars. Everyone was in that episode. Courtney Gaines was in that episode. Keith Coogan was in that episode. Brian Krause was in that episode. Everyone who was anyone in the 80s or early 90s, was in that episode. I love it. I know. Not Matt Dillon. Kevin Dillon was in that episode. But it's one of my favorites. It's probably my top five, in my top five of Tales from the Crypt. Well, and I love how Tales from the Crypt always had somebody in it. That's how, I feel like back then, that's how you knew you had made it. <laughs> if you were in a Tales from the Crypt episode. People were clamoring to get in. 
Yeah, everybody was in one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was one of my favorite episodes. So of course I remember that. But I have read a couple of his books and he did he did talk about this movie in one of those books and his horrific experiences in it, I think. I'm pretty sure. I just don't didn't put two and two together. I'm almost positive he discussed it, but I just I don't remember um that this was the movie because you know, probably like how I watch movies, I was only half paying attention as I was reading as well. Right. Okay, Claude Atkins playing Nathan. We lost him in 1994. He passed at 67 of cancer. He had 236 credits, mostly from the 60s, 70s. You know, he did Bonanza, Rawhide, Twilight Zone, stuff like that. The only thing I really remember him from, though, is Erie, Indiana. I loved Erie, Indiana. I know. But that's it. That's it for me. All those things, that's all I really knew. What about you? I didn't even know that. I didn't know any of it. It's Malcolm Dinar playing Cyrus. I met him at Flashback Weekend this last year. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hung out with him a little bit. He was Moochie and Christine. Oh, wow. Wow. he was Cecil in Flashdance, and he was my 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 personal favorite. He was Bud in Popcorn. Okay, I have not seen Popcorn. <gasps> you gotta watch Popcorn. But I can't. He was in Flashdance, mm-hmm. and he was in Christine. Yeah, he's one of the bullies in Christine. Yes, I can place him now. That is insane to me. He's the one that runs and gets run over, gets squished by yeah, the car. Yeah, yeah, and then I know who he is in Flashdance too. That's yeah. insane. I did not make that connection. That blow that my mind is blown right now. You're welcome. That's yeah. insanity. But you that gotta is- watch popcorn. He hates popcorn. That movie was a I love the movie for what it is, but it was a horrible filming experience for the cast involved. Uh they all say it, but the final product is a gem. It is really, really unlike this one, where it's terrible. Yeah, and we love it because of it. Popcorn, it came out really, really, really well. So you got to watch it. Uh, Cooper Huckabee playing Forbes. I for him, I only had a movie called it has two titles. It was indie, unknown, and the other title was Claude. It was kind of a Sasquatch movie. Okay. Hmm. Mostly, I know him as Sandy in the seventies. Goldie Hawn, Chevy Chase movie, Foul Play. Okay. He was Buzz in The Fun House. Love Fun House. And uh, last but not least, he was in Space Cowboys, which had our friend Billy Worley in it. Nice. Yes. So have to mention that. Billy was only in the, he was in the beginning, kind of towards the first scene. Billy played the younger version of James Cromwell. Okay. Mm-hmm. John Schneider playing Willis. I mean, John had definitely had his moment. He was in the 90210 reboot for me, and he did several episodes, a couple episodes of Touched by an Angel. One, which he plays like the devil, and he is, because he's so handsome and suave, he's a great devil, honestly. He's, he's this racist piece of shit, devil, building a cult, essentially. And... Two episodes of Diagnosis Murder. I'm obsessed with that show. We've already already discussed this. He was in a season four and a season seven episode. People really know him from Dukes of Hazard, mostly. 
I also really know him from Christmas movies, my Hallmark Christmas movies. Odd. (laughs) Girl, you know it's coming. Specifically, especially this one called Merry Christmas from 2002, spelled M-A-R-Y. It had Cynthia Gibb, but he also directed that one. He was the most recognizable face except for Malcolm in this movie for me. And I mean, honestly, I know more about Malcolm and I know more about John Schneider's work than I did about Will Wheaton's. And I feel just terrible for that. Yeah. John also did a lot of theater. You know me and my musicals. He played Billy Flynn in Chicago, the musical, both on Broadway in 2008 and in 1996. Wow. I know. That's one of my favorite shows Fosse girl over here. He was Curly in Oklahoma at the Ordway Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota back in 1999. He played Julian Marsh in 42nd Street in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 2006. And of course, he was Felix in Grand Hotel on Broadway way back in 1989. So his theater chops, man. Look this guy up if you're into the musical theater. Yes, definitely. All right, Amy Wheaton, Will's sister, playing Alice. She only had 14 credits, but I remember her from ER in season seven and Baywatch in season five. Okay. Steve Carlisle playing Davidson. He was in Calendar Girl in 1993. Have you seen Calendar Girl? No. It's so cute. Okay, Jason Priestley, Jerry O'Connell, and some other famous people, you know, in their prime, right? Yeah. In the and in the 50s, I believe, and obsessed with Marilyn Monroe, like the rest of the country. And they're on a mission to go and find track her down in person and find her. Oh my gosh, is that where they think they'll go on a, they can talk her into going on a date? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I have seen parts of that one because they're like, man, we can if we can talk her into a date, we can talk yeah. her into going. Mm-hmm. Cute as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, Sliver. But both were very, very small parts. So, Okay, then. Kathleen Jordan Gregory playing Francis, the Olivia Hussey lookalike. This was her only role. Uh, Hope North playing Esther. She had 20 credits, mostly the TV shows of the 80s. Steve Davis played Mike. He was a featured extra. Uh, The Mutilator was the one that I remember. Uh, He had seven credits and The Curse was his last credit. So I wonder what happened to him, where his life took him after this. Hmm. Arthur, Alan's patient. The hacker. Okay, yeah. Uncredited. His name is Angelo Cassetti. This was, as I said, an Italian movie, obviously a local. He had 183 acting credits, mostly uncredited, featured extra work, mostly Italian projects, none of which I've seen. But good for him for staying out there for all this time. Yeah. That's all I got for cast. This was a pretty small cast, actually. It was. It was. It it centered around a few characters. and Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really loved our smaller characters, too, though. Yes. Like Arthur. I mean, they were there and I love them. (laughs) Cinematography. I've I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Our cinematographer on this one, which 
I can't pronounce his name because it's Italian. He did Mind Ripper. He did Ghoulies Part 2. Piranha Part 2, which I actually really like Part 2. And then Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, wow. Wow. Do you have any notes on cinematography? I got a couple things. No. I always love this as a storytelling device. I really loved it when dad turns on the irrigation system and it shows exactly what is happening. We don't really know what's spreading, but we do know that something is spreading. I've always loved this kind of montage as a storytelling device. And one of my favorite scenes in this movie, cinematography wise, is when they're carrying Feral Mama up the stairs. And she's yeah. kicking and screaming. I thought that was done so well and so effectively. Yes. There were a few creepy jump scares too. Not not necessarily jump scares, but you don't really see him coming. Like I did not see Mama lunging a dude with that knife until it was happening. Yes. So I love that as well. Special effects. Man, that one made me puke. It's supposed to make you puke. Our special effects were done by seven people I have never heard of. So I do think that the special effects were done well. Oh, they were. They were I so oozy and gross. And well, there's one thing, though. So the makeup, I love. I think it was done very well. Um, it was not overdone. Like, you know, they didn't, like, go over the top with it, which I like. It was very practical, very realistic. Mm -hmm. um, when they started turning, um, the animals, obviously, very realistic. The rotting from the inside out, very realistic. Not over the top, not overdone, very realistic. <sighs> now, the meteor <laughs> or, or airplane waste, we don't know. That description, by the way... <laughs> If you look as it's falling out of the sky and smashes into the ground, you have to kind of be looking for it. Over to the left of the screen, you can see a giant pole with the meteor attached to it. And that kills me every time I see it. It's this big, long pole that you see this glowing ball on. I'm like, there's, that's, you can see that. Hello. I can see that. Don't you can see you? Like I, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I love it. Not to quote, not to quote. You know, I don't even remember his name now. But Cat Williams, is that who? He's like, don't you know I can see you? <laughs> I get pole right there. Like the, that's clearly on a pole. But whatever. It's other than that, I have no complaints about the effects. They were all done very well, except for that. So if you decide to watch this movie when the meteor's coming down out of the sky, crashing into the ground. Look to the left of the screen, you'll see a big old pole with the meteor or airplane waste, whatever you choose to call it, attached. I loved, that's one of the great things I've always loved about the hokey cinema of the 50s. Those mm -hmm. Some of those monster movies of the 50s. I just, I love it. You can see the strings, you can see the sticks. <laughs> and it reminds me a lot of that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what uh, my effects notes. Um, face boil. Mm -hmm. Oh, oozy pussing chickens. Ugh. Yeah, that's yeah. The, those are nasty. Wormy apples. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, exploding tomato. <laughs> that one got 
I gotta say, I'm like, why did that one explode though? So gross. And then the the crumbling house. Oh my gosh, that that was so poltergeist esque. And I was like, why, why, why is this poltergeist? Like, like I, I didn't. I tried, try, try so hard not to be one of those people that picks it apart while they're watching it or one of those people that tries to guess the ending because when I'm watching a movie I like to genuinely try to be entertained and not Mm -hmm. try to guess the ending or not try to guess the plot or not try to do this or that I could not help it with this movie everything just kept popping into my head Mm -hmm. like why is the house crumbling crumbling like poltergeist why are these dogs attacking this man and woman like Cujo why you know, is he screaming about the water like in Cabin Fever, which Cabin Fever came later. Mm-hmm. This, ob- this obviously came first. But, and then you, like you said, the stuff. It just reminded me of so many different other movies in the 80s and then the whole religion aspect. Mm-hmm. We had Children of the Corn. That was religion. There's so many religion-based movies in the 80s. And I was like, this is just another religion-based movie. Mm-hmm. And then you have the crumbling house and you have the dogs, you know, like the dog thing from kind of from Cujo and the stuff. And I'm just like, this is really just, I guess it sums up movies in the eighties. I don't know. Like they're just (laughs) all all in one. All we need now is a doll, a killer doll. And then we'll be set. (laughs) (laughs) Music. Music is my life. (laughs) I I usually don't have a lot to say about music. You never did. And I and I still really don't because I didn't look anything up. I leave the research up to you. But I have to say, when the movie starts, um, maybe while they're still rolling the credits, I think maybe in the beginning, and then also other times throughout the movie, um, the music really is creepy. Mm-hmm. It really set the tone. And I was like, this score whoever did this like this is actually kind of creepy like the music really set the tone for what's going to happen and how just like foreshadowing and i Mm -hmm. loved i i made a specific note about how some of the music was just done so well and set Mm -hmm. the tone so well for this movie so franco michalizzi if i said that right i probably didn't was our composer on this one I didn't pay attention to the music until the end when it sounded like a spaghetti Western. (laughs) It was so hokey. And there were those Western stings. And I was like, really, dude? Really? I have no clue what you're talking about. So now I'm going to have to go back and go back and watch it. Fast forward it to the end and try to see what you're talking about. Okay. I got to go back and look. I got to go back and listen to this. Yeah. Now, I really did love the song they included in there, High School Confidential by Jerry Lee Lewis. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I love that song. I love Jerry Lee Lewis. It's so, it's my era. We know this. Um, And, you know, again, also the music I wrote kind of reminds me of the stuff. The music reminded me of the stuff as well. Okay. Yeah. But the spaghetti Western music, I was like, really? Really? 
that's hilarious i gotta go back and i still gotta go back and listen i don't even know which scene i was referring to but i know that it was in there somewhere and it was after the movie had been on for quite a while <laughs> uh yeah aging Oh, we 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 already discussed how this is the '80s all in one. Yes, from the fashion to the hair to the makeup to the, yeah. Yep. Twist. Yeah, I thought she was dead. She looked dead, man. Still does. The only twist that I could think of, because there's not really a twist at the end. The what was he the um the inspector guy the yeah. that was there to dig the reservoir mm -hmm. um he's in the hospital at the end all bandages bandaged up i'm guessing from the boils um and they were like he was watching a news broadcast on the tv from the hospital something about oh he's effectively cured we consider him cured at this point but then it pans to him and pans back to the nurse and i'm like is there a cure? Is he cured? What's happening here? What's going on? Is is he going to turn violent now and try to kill the nurse? They kind of leave that hanging. So for me, I guess I could consider that kind of. Yeah. You know, because you don't know. They leave it hanging. Also, they get away. You assume everything is going to be okay. The mm -hmm. news report saying everything is going to be okay. And then you see that he is so not okay. And since you've already seen what's happened to the rest of the family, you know exactly what is going to be going down and what's going to happen to his body and his mind mm -hmm. eventually. And the fact that he's all bandaged up. From head to toe, you can't even see anything. No, just his glasses. It's mm -hmm. It's been happening and it's only getting worse. And nurse yeah. is like, oh, see, you have nothing to worry about bullshit and then they then they they flash back to the space waste <laughs> yeah 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 so i i really wish now that i know that there is a part two and three i wish they would have picked up where they left off yeah yeah and followed him now mm -hmm. and maybe he maybe he is cured maybe he's not and then maybe he like goes to a different town yeah. and it's happening all over again i think that would have made a great sequel like Sinister Part 2? Yeah. It's not going to be okay. It, he, he is not going to be okay. He is he is so far from okay, or he would not be bandaged up. He is has open wounds everywhere. He is actively pussing under those bandages, got, and he got, is going to die. Mm -hmm. He's got to. A long, miserable, six-month uh, cabin fever type death. It's going to be bad. Yes, 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 yes. It's very cabin fever type death. Um, decay rot from the um, inside out yeah will wheaton and his sister and the doctor do seem to have gotten away but again i wish that now that i know there's a part two and three i wish it would have followed either the brother and sister and the mm -hmm. doctor or maybe the reservoir guy that was in the hospital i just mm -hmm. wish it would have kind of followed them along you know because mm -hmm. i i love sequels that continue uh, yeah that continue the pick up where the pick up where the first one left off i mm -hmm. love that Call me basic, call me simple. I love it when they pick up where the first one left off. Well, when there's more story to be told, it's great. Yeah. Okay, pacing. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? 
Now, this movie is like an hour and 20 minutes, which is my perfect length of a movie. So I'm all for it. Yes. I like the pacing. I think it happens at a good rate. Again, though, with the pacing, the pace is good. It doesn't feel like it took the course of five months. Five months. It doesn't. Until I read it on the screen, because it went six months before or whatever, right? I, it seemed like a week. Yeah. it Yeah. They basically, you have to be paying attention. They basically allude to the fact that from start to finish, from the time you have the contaminated water until finish, it takes five to six months. This did not feel like it took place in the course of five to six months. It feels mm-hmm. like it took place very rapidly, very yes. quickly. Um, but according to the movie, it's five to six months time span. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Scary. It's only scary if you think about it as a consumer. You know, I, for example, I I refuse to drink tap water. I don't do it for so many reasons. And I I drink bottled water. Um, I buy it by the gallon. I'll buy it, you know, packages of bottled water. Um, You know, I always, I think all of us were consumers. You know, we buy our groceries. We check for rotten fruit. We won't buy rotten fruit. We won't buy, you know we want to be able to consume it and know that it's healthy. So it's only scary if you think of it from a consumer standpoint, because you couldn't see anything was wrong with any of those vegetables on the outside. You know, if you cut into that cabbage, it was rotten. If you cut into the tomato, it exploded. That guy took a bite out of an apple because it looked Mm -hmm. perfectly fine. You could not tell until you actually tried to ingest it. Which is a metaphor for exactly what was happening in their bodies, which is great too. That's a good point. It was a clue. It was a clue. It's happening to our fruits, our cows, our vegetables. Everything looks fine on the outside, but the inside is rotting and they are rotting from the inside out. That's a very good point. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. So it's only scary to me if you think of it that way as a consumer. It's pretty scary for me, honestly, because slashers don't scare me. Um, yeah. Getting getting killed by a maniac on the streets of Chicago it doesn't scare me. I'm not I'm not I'm not afraid of dying. I I'm fine with it. I've had a good forty years, and at the rate I'm going, it would be a fitting end to a life I am not so thrilled about anyway. But <laughs> felt felt. But um, I am afraid of pain, and I am afraid of illness. And a long, drawn-out suffering uh, cancer. We've talked about this before. We talked about it in The Hills Have Eyes. I don't take road trips. I don't like being in the middle of nowhere. Being stranded with no help coming. No, thank you. Uh, No. That is my biggest fear, is something like that happening. Being stuck in the middle of nowhere and just dying out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Or being sick. And not knowing what's wrong and just dying. Long and painful. So I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of the pain involved with it. And especially in situations like this, you don't know what's happening to your body. No one does. It's so gross. You're just, something is is really, really wrong. Are they in pain though? Do they feel it? Because she acted like she felt no pain. She was sewing that to her. I mean, okay, no. That That is a good point. She almost seems like she had moments of being lucid and then 
the rest of the time she was out of her mind because she did cry out in pain when she was doing the sewing. That is a good point. She did start to cry out in pain. And then whenever she tried to attack her son, she had a moment of clarity. This is my son. And she mm -hmm. said something to him. Um, so it's almost like you're in and out. Yeah. Yeah. That's also another fear of lose is losing my mind. Alzheimer's most horrifying disease there is. Yeah. Right. Losing my mind. And it's, it's just that. So that's also a fear. And that's what it's doing to your, that's it's eating away at your brain essentially. And you're losing your, your cognitive responses because of it. Yeah. So this is actually the more I think about it, it consumerism. Yes. But that aspect of it is terrifying. Movies like this would get to me. The scariest movie, I say it all the time, the scariest movie I've ever seen is Contagion. It's not a horror movie. Scariest movie I've ever seen, right? And then COVID happened. And I'm like, see? See? Told you. I have not seen that one. It was really good. I'm going to have to go back through and listen to this episode when it comes out and make a list of movies to watch because there's quite a few <laughs> i gave you american gothic i gave you contagion and i might have given you something else but those two so contagion is not a horror movie stellar cast it's so covid like it's so fucking covid and it was so covid that they they took it off all streamers well remember when in 2020 yeah, I remember when Outbreak was the number one movie streaming on like Netflix, I think it was, whenever mm -hmm. first COVID first happened. Outbreak was the number one movie. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I, I was guilty. I watched it almost every day. And then they took it off streamers. Yeah. Which Outbreak is a good movie. I, I will say I've always loved Outbreak. Mm -hmm. I've always thought it's a good movie. But yeah, it was like the number one movie streaming on Netflix whenever COVID hit. See, Henry's movie that he watched every other week during COVID was The Stand. Oh, also similar also very very good movie it's also like eight hours long so like jesus fucking christ again <laughs> from beginning to end i'm not not even kidding but that movie i love because the whole horror aspect of the religion and the devil and the supernatural and all that other things all those other things that were added into it makes it a great horror movie for me mm -hmm. contagion well is is terrifying it came out i don't know 2010 2011 i was and it also was kind of around the time when bird flu or swine flu one of those flus were um happening yeah so yeah most terrifying movie i've ever seen and then we had COVID, and it's like see see this shit yeah. happens all because someone brought a germ back from china or wherever she was she was i think she was in some asian country and she brings she comes back and then she arrives home and then she has like a flu and then she dies two days later yeah so check it out guys a really scary movie not a horror film so that aspect about the curse really gets to me as well the dad um brought religion into this movie um he was very religious throughout the entire movie but then whenever bad things started happening he decided to blame the relig religion for it and that they were being punished yep. so the movie does have that i guess fear aspect as well mm -hmm. um, if you're afraid of religion that doesn't yeah, ever get to me religion if you think god punishes people in um, you know, locusts and famine mm -hmm. and 
he's a wrathful God. And, you know, he thought they were being punished for being sinners. So that's another, you know, aspect, like you said, with that one movie, it had just, it touches on everything. It touches on the consumerism, you know, be afraid of what you eat, you know, religion, God will punish you, you know, just has a little bit of everything. And so let's move on to story. I read, this is, so this is, as you said, inspired by, you know, the horrors of consumerism and inspired by the social crisis of the farmers during the Reagan administration is what I read online specifically. It's a very effective story, honestly. Yes. I just wish it wasn't so hokey. <laughs> <laughs> With Western spaghetti or whatever you said. I don't even know what you said. Spaghetti Western is a genre <laughs> of Western. It's going to turn into pasta Western before it's all done. I'm just like, what you <laughs> Western pasta spaghetti al dente? I how do you how do you like your spaghetti westerns? Do you like them al dente <laughs> or more well done? And the term spaghetti western, which makes sense because this is an Italian movie, came about because westerns became cheap to make in Italy, so they were making them there. Wow. Okay. But they all had a very similar feel, and they all had the same type of shitty music. <laughs> so. The more I'm thinking this out, the more this is making sense. I just can't. All I can picture is oh, a bowl of... Western. No, all I can picture is a bowl of spaghetti with a cowboy hat on it. <laughs> that's, that's literally all I can picture. Oh, Tori, always thinking about your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I was eating when we first started doing this. It's snackety snacks. Yes. Okay, overall movie rating. Okay, so I want you to give me two ratings. I want you to give me the rating that you thought you were going to give this before you revisited it as an adult. And then your rating now. Probably the rating I would have given it before I rewatched it as, a, rewatched it as an adult probably would have been an eight. Wow. <laughs> Just because I just remembered it being so amazing. Like, oh, he bites into an apple and there's worms. And they're sitting at the dinner table laughing because they're all mad. They've gone ballistic, you know. Um, they're insane. Um, now that I've revisited it, I'm going to give it a six and a half. Okay. And that's still, to me, six and a half or seven. And still that's being generous. Yeah. Simply because I did see it when I was a kid. So it still has a little bit of that nostalgia factor. Mm -hmm. um, so six and a half, seven. If it wasn't for the, the, the nostalgia factor, it'd be like a five. That makes sense. Because I don't know if you remember when we did Silent Night, Deadly Night, part one and two. Okay. I gave part one, I think I gave it like a seven or an eight. Two, And I said two points for nostalgia alone. Yeah. That so. counts. Makes sense. I'm giving this, I don't know. Um, I want to give it a five, but honestly, I'm going four. I get it. I, I don't know if I'm going to be watching this again. <laughs> Ever. Ever. I might revisit it in 10 or 20 years just for the fuck of it, right? But... 
this is not going to be something I actively seek out. Yeah. I might recommend it to people, but with the disclaimer, if you like the stuff and if you like body horror, this movie mm -hmm. is, and you like 80s weird cheesy, this movie is totally your thing. Just know that when you go into this. But, you know, I'm I'm not seeking this one out. And I'll be honest, I'm a little prejudiced now after reading about the experiences filming this. I'm a little, I'm a little turned off. I mean, the fact that it's not a great movie and hearing that, I'm really turned off. Whereas Popcorn wasn't a great filming experience, but came out as a great movie. I can forgive it. Also, the stories I heard on Popcorn, they weren't like so abusive. It was just unpleasant and difficult. It wasn't torture. Wow. So I'm a little turned off. Honestly, That I think that has something to do with it. I don't want to like this movie now because I don't want to support it. So yeah, that's like four, maybe. And I don't think I'll be watching this again anytime soon, possibly ever, probably partially because of knowing what I know now, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, if you're curious about it and you think you've seen all the 80s movies there is, no, you haven't. You haven't seen The Curse. I will say that I am definitely going to watch part two and three now. Yeah, I need to see part two and three. I do. And I I want to know are are those I didn't research those are those also made in Italy did they move it to America online it said they made part two and three because of the success of part one and I said really was this movie successful was it because I have never heard of this movie until you that's, that's what I'm saying was it successful in its day I don't know. And if and if so, why haven't we heard about it? And why doesn't it have a cult following? Like I don't like how successful. I don't understand. Was I it, it might? I think it does have a little bit of a cult following because people are oh, still wow. bringing stuff of this from this for Will to sign. You know what I think? Now that I think about it, I think I did see something online one time. It was a meme about connect the dots. I don't. remember the barbed wire and she's putting the iodine on it and he's like what are you doing back there and she's like playing connect the dots yeah i, I do remember seeing a meme about connect the dots yeah Other than, i don't think i've ever seen anybody ever bring this movie up no people is there novelization? i need the novelization if there is i there might be there might be i need to look that up yeah, yeah. so they said online that it was popular enough for them to you know make more so okay. yeah Oof. fun fact that's the fact jack that's the fact jack this was filmed in rome atlanta and teleco plains tennessee is a real place apparently because that was listed um that's kind of all i have for fun facts that i haven't discussed so i'm going to go into reading some of what i read online Okay. So Will wrote this gigantic, long, long blog post on that you can still find on willwheaton.net, his, his site. I'm just going to read you portions of it. And if you want the full story, you guys can go and check it out. I think I, think I found it by Googling because I read that he wrote a post, Will Wheaton cursed. And I think it came up. So um, let's see here. When you watch The Curse, 
You are watching two children, me and my sister, who were abused on a daily basis. The production did not follow a single labor law. They worked us for 12 hours a day on multiple film units. While I work on first unit, second unit setup waits for me. And then when I should break to rest, they sent me to second unit. And then they sent me to the third unit and then back to the first. And he was 13. So he, he did that without any breaks for five days a week. And he was, of course, exhausted the entire time. He then goes on, I was inappropriately touched by two different adults during production. I knew it was wrong, but I was scared and ashamed. And I felt so unsupported. I didn't tell anyone. I knew my dad wouldn't believe me and my mother would blame me, which tracks based on everything else he said about them on other occasions, just in general. Anything to keep the production happy. That's what she did. Wow. That was more important to her than the health and safety of her children. Okay. The director was coked out of his mind most of the time, incompetent, and so busy fucking or trying to fuck one of the women in the cast, he was worse than useless. That explains a lot. He was a fading actor who was cosplaying as a director. And as in over his head as my mother was. He did, however, say that he loved working with the actor who played his older brother, Malcolm, who he said was kind and gentle and made both of them feel safer when Malcolm was around. Which is totally the opposite of on screen, like the relationship they had on screen. Malcolm usually plays like a bully. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And I mean, he was he was lovely. I spent a considerable amount of time with him at Flashback Weekend at the bar at his table. Now, did we were did, hanging. Did he discuss the curse at all? No, I didn't even know he was in it because I didn't know about this movie. <laughs> I'm curious about his feelings now. Towards yes. It. And yeah. that, you know, next time I see him, I'll have to ask him because I didn't know this movie existed when yeah. I was hanging with him. Yeah. Other things that happened. When Will's character gets shoved into a pile of cow shit, that was actual cow shit. <laughs> Not I mean, sanitary, right? No. Yeah. He was told it was mud. And then when it happened, it was real cow shit. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, and the director had lied to him and allowed it to happen. He said that the director treated him the exact same way his father did whenever he got upset, meaning he laughed at him and told him that he was being too sensitive and reminded him that he was the director and he wanted to get a real performance out of him. Another quote, the curse remains one of the most consequential times the adults in my life fail to protect me. Everything I need to know about who my parents are is wrapped up in that experience. The total lack of concern for my safety and happiness, treating me like an asset instead of a son, lying to me, manipulating me, and using me to get things they wanted, and then gaslighting me about it. Wow. He concludes, fuck the curse and every single fucking thing related to it. Wow. I don't blame him. There's a lot more in this article, guys, I that he writes. I encourage you to read it. It is very long, and it's basically a chapter in a story, and it was a chapter in his life So, and his sister's life. So check it out. That's just a few choice things that I pulled from it, but it's so detailed. And like, oh, my God, 
So that is part of the reason why I don't even want to like this movie at all, honestly. Like, I didn't hate it, but knowing that, I'm I'm mad at it. I'm mad at the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just no. So I, I'm mad at this movie. And I did not know that about David Keith. I tell you what. <laughs> yes. So. Okay. Time for shout outs. First, of course, I must shout out Miss Tori for returning as the first guest of the new format of 2024. Second guest of the new format total. This is so great. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you're here. Of course. I I love coming back anytime, especially for movies I love. Or think you love. (laughs) Or I love or that I know are terrible but want to promote anyways or talk about anyways i don't know i knew it was terrible (laughs) (laughs) you said and you said when i was bringing this new format idea to you you said i think that's a great idea you also said something which is completely true and you said i always kind of felt like it was still mine and yours show anyway which is true we conceived the show together and even though you stepped down it was still your show it still is your show yeah, I said I felt like it was still our baby. It's still our baby. You created I, this with me. Yeah, and I so I still, even though I haven't been the co-host and I haven't really been um, active at the cons or, you know, I, I've been doing other things. I've been busy with my own life. Um, I still did closely watch it. And I still did, you know, try to stay updated on what was happening and what was going on and the happenings of it. Um mm-hmm. So whenever I had talked to you and we discussed a few things, I was like, yeah, I still very much feel like it's our baby, mm-hmm. you know, and I watch it and I see what's going on and I see how it's doing. And I love to hear what people are saying, even though, you know, it was mostly about you and Jamie. I still like to hear the feedback, you know? Yeah, it yeah. is. It is our baby. It is. We, we made this baby together uh-huh. in 2019. And we... It is so much has COVID happened. Everything happened. Uh, yeah. You know, your personal life, your personal life. Yeah. Both of our personal life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we were babies when we met. It feels like, it feels like we were babies. Little babies in 2017 when we met, we were, but um, yeah, so much has changed. And the, we start, we started talking about the show back when I heard It's a Horror Podcast do their show. And then I reached out to Wes and I asked, how do you do this? Uh And he taught me how to podcast. And then I brought it to you. Uh I said, how do you feel about doing a show like this? And you said, yeah, that sounds like fun. That was in early summer of 2019. We didn't record and launch until... We did not record and launch until November 2019. So we took time to grow this baby. It's not like we just decided to do it. We really thought it through. We had meetings. We discussed and everything. So we took several months to develop our, our and baby. Coming up with a name for it. and That was look. all you. Yeah, I, it was. I was like the Dolls of Horror. Or I said Dolls of Horror. You're like, it needs to be the, and I was like, oh, yeah, dolls of four. And because you love dolls. Right. That is your thing. I don't know if I said it needs to be the because I it needs to be the or because dolls was taken. 
like on like part of the part of the problem with developing a product a podcast a show mm-hmm. you have to make sure no one else has it yes um no one else had the show in any way shape or form verbiage wise but i think the instagram and facebook handles were already taken oh, okay so it made sense to just put the in front of it i think yeah. that that was what i was thinking but again so long ago i don't know but you <laughs> you did pick the name you yep. found the person who designed the first logo mm-hmm. you had so much to do with this show in the very 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 beginning you helped pick some of the topics. I picked some. You picked some. We developed some together. Best hair came up came about mid show when we did Piranha with Billy. Oh. That is the episode where you said, "You know, we're always talk because that was always my fashion moment before." Remember? Yes. And you yes. said we always talk about all this great eighties hair. Why doesn't this just become its own topic? And that's when it became its own topic. And your hair is such a such a thing in your life I guess you could say you're always you know getting it done cutting you know cutting it styling it getting it done you know your hair is a big thing and then so my, is yours. <laughs> yeah, my hair is such a big thing for me and everybody knows I'm OCD about it and that's why before we you know this morning me and Jared were running errands he's like I'm surprised you're not rushing home to mess with your hair and I'm like, why would I? We're, we're just recording. And he's like, no, you're going to be. Uh, no. So, yeah. Anyways. But, yeah, our hair is such a big thing. So, it's like, yeah, we got to have a hair moment. Yeah. yeah. So, that is because of you. That was your idea. So, you developed the show so much. And I'm happy that you're going to be back as a on-again, off-again rotating co-host in this list of rotating co-hosts who have agreed to to do this so i have accumulated quite a list and reached out to so many people who are game for being rotating co-hosts and i'm so excited i am so 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 excited for what this show is about to become it's gonna it's gonna keep it fresh it's gonna keep it it's just gonna keep it so not stale and i'm so happy i'm so happy i am too I think it's going to be great. I think it's going places. Um, and again, you know, anytime, if I can come back, if I'm able to do it, if it's a movie that you think I might like, or if the fans, if anybody out there is like, I want to hear horror Tori's thoughts on this movie. What's going to be her hair moment in this movie? Like I am, I have questions. Like if there's anything, if anybody wants to suggest anything, let us know. Always. That's always yeah. been the case. Always, I, can't, yeah. I can't tell you how many movies we've done over the last few years have been audience suggestions that neither Jamie or I had ever heard of before, but we did it. And yeah, girl. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're back to play. Now, this has been a movie we have been trying to do since May with you. And yeah. that was right before your wedding. And I'm like, you're like, I have time. I'm like, girl, you are working so many hours and you are planning a wedding. You do not have time. Yeah. <laughs> At all. Maybe later. Yeah. Yeah. So the scheduling was just too complicated between me, you, and Jamie. Mm-hmm. So now that it's just two people, scheduling is going to be so much easier. Yes, for sure. So it's going to be great. I'm so excited. Thank you for coming back to play. Dolls reunite. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait till the next con where we get to reunite. March. Chicago, right? Yes. Days of the Dead, Chicago. Tori is coming play. to play. 
Yeah. You know what I love? It's in Rosemont. It's where it all started for us. Yeah. I hate that, though. <laughs> Why? Because it's fucking Rosemont. But I love that. Okay, I have to say, though, I love the venue. I love the space. I love Caddyshack. I love the size of the hotel. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the bigger ones. Flashback moved to a bigger one. I love it. But Rosemont will always have a special place in my heart because it's where we started. And the hotel is so easy to navigate. And it has Caddyshack. Specifically, so you're not talking about Rosemont. You're talking about the Crown Plaza. Is it the Crown Plaza? But isn't it? Isn't it in Rosemont? Yes. Rosemont's the, yeah. the town, city, suburb, whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure if it's considered a town or a village. But, yeah, Rosemont is the suburb of the city. And it's not Chicago. People say this all the time. I'm a city snob. Okay. Yes, I am. You know, Days of the Dead Chicago, Flashback Week in Chicago, bullshit. Rosemont is not Chicago, not even close, not even a little bit. But this convention is still being at the hotel that our friendship started. You are right. It's at the Crown Plaza in Rosemont. Whereas Flashback, where we did start, has moved venues just across the street mm -hmm. to a bigger venue. But I love this hotel. It's it's small. It's intimate. I love the layout. It is not too terribly expensive. The flashback hotel is more, way more expensive. Uh -huh. So I do love this venue for a convention. It's it's just big enough to be busy and it's just small enough to be intimate. Yes. So it's a wonderful, wonderful venue. So you will be, unless something changes in your schedule or you have a family emergency at Days of the Dead Chicago in March. Dolls reunite. Yes. Uh, so excited. Ah. Okay. Next shout out, artist Clark. What are you, an artist or something? These are rather good. They're very good, actually. Who designs the Dolls logo every year. He said he's working on a new logo. At time of recording, it's in December. Haven't got the logo yet. Can't wait to see it, though. I don't give him any hints anything I want I just let him do what he does and whereas our first logo we kind of knew exactly what we wanted and so we gave Jason Shepard our notes and he designed and then sent us his first draft and then we changed some things and he took off with that whereas with Clark we just let him go he says he has great ideas so I cannot wait I can't wait also author David O'Hanlon what's that book about oh this is something who is once again, due to the changes of the show, having to rewrite his dolls of horror novelization. Oh my gosh. I'm like, don't worry, boo. This is the last time. After this drama, I'm not picking up another co-host permanently. This is the last time. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. Erased. Starting over. But he says he has great ideas. He's given me some ideas already and we're going to have a meeting and it's going to be great so that is back on guys i know haven't talked about it for a while but talking to david this last week and we're working on it we're working on it. it's going to be great and last but not least we must shout out of course our patreons john alex mike and bill and there was much rejoicing <laughs> Thank you guys for all that you do for us. I normally mention you first, but I got distracted with Tori and then my notes are all out of order. And so, yeah, anyway, sorry, guys, 
you are definitely the first shout out in my heart because, you know, we love you so much. And John Morgan, John Morgan says he's going to be at Days of the Dead Chicago. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. He told me he's like, I'm going to be there and he's he's going to try to scare me. He's By what, told- what? Jumping out at you or sneak up on me? Oh, and he's going to try to see me before I see him. He always does. <laughs> How is that? How is he going to see me first? He blends in with the crowd. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of tall people. There is. And he just blends in. Okay. With everyone. He okay. always sneaks up on me. And all of a sudden I turn around and he's standing right there, right next to me, waiting for me to notice him. <laughs> Every time. Oh, my goodness. So he will. He might not give you a jump scare, or maybe he will, but he'll just be standing beside you for I don't know how long, and you'll think it's just another con goer who you've never met before, and it's John waiting for you to figure it out. John, the person we've been corresponding with for I don't know how long. The beginning of the show. Yeah, me and John have sent numerous gifts back and forth to each other. We look out for each other. We got him the Rico Browning autograph at Days Indian Autographs. He's gotten me multiple autographs. I've gotten him autographs. We've sent, yeah. John John is a um, internet friend that I have not met in real life yet. And I can't wait. It'll be a blast. And, of course, last shout out. Thank you very much to all the listeners and supporters and future guests I have lined up. Thank you to... Everyone who has been telling me this is the direction the show needs to go into for months. Thank you to Bill and Bill and Bill, Bill, all the Bills, you know, Rob, everybody, everybody who has been advising me that this is what needs to happen literally for the last six months. And I'm very, very happy that this is where we're going. And I'm happy to have you on board. So thank you. And thank you to everyone out there. I love you. It's going to be a great 2024 for the Dolls of Horror and company. Yeah. And I'd like to say thank you to everybody, too, for our run-ons and our tangents and our, (laughs) once again, yeah, we just do what we do. Thank you for listening and tolerating and showing the love. Everyone loves Tori's tangents. (laughs) Tori's tangents. That's a, that's a, that's a, hey, that sounds nice. That's a segment in itself. That is. We need to have a Tori's Tangents segment. Everyone loves Tori's Tangents. Dude, <laughs> I can come up with some good stuff. Especially after the convention, I can make a list of what pissed me off at the convention, what I was happy about, and we can just be like, here's one of Tori's Tangents from Chicago 20, or not Chicago, sorry. Rosemont 2023. <laughs> That's right. Get it right. That'll be 2024. Yes. So yeah, do some Tori's Tangents episodes. We got to do a recap episode like we used to do after the con. Yes. That'd be we, we, we quit doing them because we don't go to cons together anymore, really. Yeah. I got too busy things, just life. And the con that we did do together was a flashback. It wasn't one that I was working at. Mm-hmm. So we need to do a Days of the Dead recap like we used to. Yes. That'd be so much fun. It has to happen. It has to happen. Okay. All right, guys. Well, this has been so much fun. Again, thank you so much, Tori, for coming back to play in the new and improved Dolls of Horror 2024. It's going to be a good year. 
I'm so yeah. excited to have you back. Start making a list of movies you want to come back for. Ooh, okay. Yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah. So with that, I'm Summer. And I'm Tori. And you have been listening to the Dolls of Horror. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye, guys. This has been a presentation of the Dolls of Horror. New episodes are uploaded every week. If you'd like to reach out and say hello to the dolls or offer any movie suggestions, feel free to send them an email at thedollsofhorror at yahoo.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram, both at the Dolls of Horror or on Twitter at Dolls of Horror for bonus content. If you really like the podcast and want to help out financially so that the dolls can keep making episodes, consider sending them a donation. Follow the link in the description or go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. Thanks for listening. Bye. I freaking love Sinister. I love Ethan Hawke. I love Sinister. Like, you put this on Facebook. I'm not Ethan Hawke. Oh, it's Yeah, I got that message at work, and I'm like, this seems legit. I'm like, I did not know Ethan Hawke was so illiterate. Guys, I'm not really talking about Ethan Hawke. I got one of those spam messages. Oh, God, what did it say again? Let me find it. He was Ethan Hawke. He's having trouble with taxes. Yeah, but but they're the, American taxes. But these weren't even sentences. Yeah, and so I saw your post that you had gotten a message from Ethan Hawke. <laughs> and I'm like, Girl, tell him I said hello. I love him. I love Sister. Like, so yeah, this it's, the message reads, and this is word for word. Hello, comma. My name is Ethan Hawke, spelled with all lower cases popularly known as stage name Ethan Hawke, uppercase E, lowercase H. Um, I am from U.S. bracket, American Taxes, I am actor, period. Lowercase, what is your name and where are you from? No question mark, no period. I did not know he was so illiterate. <laughs> Guys, you gotta see it. Go to my Facebook. Yeah, he's asking you what your name is, even though he messaged you. Clearly, your name is right there. Where are yeah. you from? And look at your profile. And he's having problems with taxes, which who doesn't? But <laughs> I am I'm... from U.S. American taxes. That's not even a sentence. <laughs> and he's like, I am known as stage name Ethan Hawk. I'm like, okay. Um, I didn't know that's how we talked nowadays. <laughs> I will go around introducing myself. I am known as stage name Tori. I have problem taxes. <laughs> didn't even say I have problem taxes. It says I'm from, I am from U.S. American taxes. I am actor. All one sentence. Like, like what? <laughs> it's not even a sentence. That's, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Doesn't even make any sense how I used to reply to people like this, but they were not like people pretending to be famous people. They were just people. Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? I would say all information about me can be found on the Dolls of Horror podcast. Yeah. 
every time they replied with something, I would just say the exact same thing until they gave up. But yeah, never to a fake famous person because I don't know what kind of hacking game they're on. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, yeah, it, back to Twist, it's not going to be okay. It, he is not going to be okay. He is he is so far from okay. Well, my heart will beat a rhythm and my feet are moving smooth and light. Well, Bobby never has to hop. It's a very effective story, honestly. Just wish it wasn't so hokey. <laughs> <laughs> With Western spaghetti or whatever you said. I don't even know what you said. Spaghetti Western is a genre <laughs> of Western. It's going to turn into pasta Western before it's all done. I'm just like, Western pasta spaghetti al dente? I how do you how do you like your spaghetti western? <laughs> you like them al dente? <laughs> or more well done? Um, and the term spaghetti western, which makes sense because this is an Italian movie, came about because westerns became cheap to make in Italy. So they were making them there. Wow. Okay. But they all had a very similar feel and they all had the same type of shitty music. <laughs> so... The more I'm thinking this out, the more this is making sense. I just can't. All I can picture is Al a dente bowl of... western. No, all I can picture is a bowl of spaghetti with a cowboy hat on it. <laughs> That's literally all I can picture. Oh, Tori, always thinking about your stomach. <laughs> I was eating when we first started doing this. Yes. I like snacks. Snackity snacks. Yes. Now let's go! Well, let me tell you something, baby. I'm gonna give you some good news. Look at here, speak to mama, let the burn off both my shoes. Yeah, my heart's a beat of rhythm and my soul is singing the blues. Well, I'm hopping in the high school hop. Hopping in the high school hop. We're just jumping at the high school hop. We're rolling at the high school hop. Well, yeah, I'm about to hop and everybody's bobbing, bobbing.